This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. From MPB Think Radio, this is Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey. It's the show about the most interesting people and stories of Mississippi. Hey, today our guest will be Miss Rita Links-Brady, a mother who gave up her child for adoption 51 years ago and wishes to find him now. And Monica Munger and Stacey Pajak with Catholic Charities will give us an inside look at the process of locating a child. We'll also chat about the latest headlines in the weekend roundup and get your feedback on our question of the day. What are you searching for? Give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or you can email me at marshall at mpbonline.org. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. We'll be right back after the news. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. Hey, I hope you're having a great Monday today. We're going to have a great show ahead of us. Our guest today is Rita Links-Brady, a mother searching for her biological son after he was adopted 51 years ago. And Stacey Pajak and Monica Munger with Catholic Charities are going to be joining us as well. Plus, our book club feature, easy for me to say, this weekend we'll have a weekly challenge as well. So, hey, and of course we're going to talk about the weekend because a lot went on. Hey, the good news is we did survive the last week. There was not a nuclear war. Okay, I'm still kind of freaking out about that because I remember as a kid, you know, thinking the Russians were going to get us at any minute. And now we're back in, I feel like, a time warp back in the day. It was kind of scary for me. It's too. still scary. It I mean, is, come on. You don't, you don't know what's going to happen and that doesn't feel easy. Well, know? I mean. Come on. No, we don't know what's going to happen from day to day. we, we got to live in the moment. We, we do. Yeah. Sorry, not to get all zen on you, but, you know, we got to do these things. <laughs> Speaking of living in the moment, you had a moment uh, last week, didn't you? I wouldn't say it was a moment. It was just a, a general process I've been doing for 17 years. I had a biopsy. Actually, I had several biopsies because, of course, I am a melanoma survivor. And a long time ago, I thought melanoma was um, an Italian lounge singer. I had no idea what it was. And what it is is a very deadly form of skin cancer. And I've talked about it before on Southern Remedy, and I've mentioned it on this show. Uh, I was diagnosed with malignant melanoma April 17, 2001, mm. which was the day of the Mississippi flag vote, okay. which was kind of ironic because I was getting really nasty phone calls all day. And then <laughs> the doctor called me and told wow. me I had cancer. But uh, last week, I had five suspicious moles. I don't know what suspicious means. I hate to profile my moles, but granted, they were suspicious, and I had them removed. And now somewhere there is a, in a laboratory, there is a doctor looking through a microscope at my little chunks of mole to decide if they are melanomas or not. And I hope they are. I probably think they are not. My doctor didn't seem to be too concerned, but out of caution, since I am the 102nd Dalmatian, they needed to do that. So anyway, I will probably find out sometime this week the results of that, and I will report back on Monday whether it's good or bad and let you know how it turned out. Well, you know what? I believe in um, faith, and I know that you will be okay. I am. I, You know, I have uh, developed a lot of peace over this. I tell you what, first year, though, whew, 
it freak was, me out. Really? Freak me out. You know, when your own skin tries to kill you, that is something that tends to mess with your you head. Know, I can only imagine. And when I see or talk to cancer survivors or people that are going through that, I can only imagine what that feels like. Well, I got to tell you this. My, and I've got a very good friend, Sid Salter, who is uh, battling lymphoma right now. And he's struggling with it. It's tough. It's His treatment's very tough. And he is going to beat it, I'm convinced. But he's going to beat it because of his will and because of his faith and because of his strength. Mine wasn't a story of any of that. My, mine was a story of early, de- early detection. Okay. And if you have a mole that looks dark, if it itches, if it bleeds, if it's irregularly shaped, if it's bigger than a pencil head, get it checked. Go to your doctor and say, hey, look, I got this spot. Because it's all about timing. See, melanomas grow very quickly. They're kind of the kutsu of the cancer world. Oh. And if you get it cut off early, it's like, okay, let me put it this way. It's like a crack on your windshield. Right. You know, you get your crack on your windshield fixed early, you don't it's need to go a buy a new windshield. Mm-hmm. But if you don't, you got that line across Big your windshield. And, and unfortunately, in this case, the line means something that involves six feet under. Mm. So I am here because of the fact that I was persistent and because somebody checked my moles. Well, we are glad, but, you know, now you have everybody looking at their arms and face and legs all day. Well, I just hope they're not driving. <laughs> Wondering, what is this? What color is this? And is it irregular? I don't know. <laughs> well, that, that's the thing. I mean, it's uh, melanoma is a fast-growing type of cancer, but the problem is a lot of people just don't know much about it. And if it could be caught early, that's great. Wonderful. And I really want to start off the top of the show with these words, because we had a really tough weekend over the weekend. I know a lot of people saw some things on their Facebook pages and the course watch the news and a lot of um a lot of disturbing images came across the screen from charlottesville virginia yes um and i think this is probably a great way to start the show off we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal that all men are created equal that they are endowed by the creator with certain unalienable rights that there are among these are life liberty and the pursuit of happiness now those are words that our country has struggled with over the last oh 200 plus years but also continues to struggle with it today as well but you know what It's a darn good place to start the week. And if you really want to be great, don't hate. Okay? Hate is not a performance enhancer. I can tell you that. Ezra and I were talking this morning. uh, A lot of people are born into that. And we're not giving them a pass. But sometimes... If a fish swims in a polluted sea, it doesn't know that the sea is polluted. Exactly. At a time in your life, you kind of know, well, this is not right. And I don't need to continue this hate generation of hate to you know go on so we you know sometimes people are born in it and they're victims as well but it's a point in time in your life when you say this is not right and i need to make a change and i don't need to just continue this hate mongering going on you know across the world but america is strong america is resilient we have gone through so many things in this world if you look at your history we've gone through it and come out on the other side so i don't normally, I know america yeah, will i don't normally quote green muppets okay but i think yoda was on to something when he said fear is the path to the dark side Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. And hate leads to suffering. Don't fear uh, anything. We definitely are not going to turn to the dark side on the show today. We're not. And well, speaking of fear, show. you know, we have a great show. We have a lady that's resilient, uh, spicy, young. Spicy, tough. Spicy. Yeah. She's sitting here taking notes right now on everything you just said. So oh, you're wow. in trouble. You're in trouble. I don't want to make her mad. She's sitting right next to me and she's got hot coffee. Yes, so this could yes. get ugly. Yeah. She's sitting there waving her pen at me. I'm in big trouble. Say, so, Lacey, yeah, we're going to be great. And also, too, I want to touch on something before we bring her in because, I mean, I can't wait to get her on here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mississippi Book Festival is coming up this right. weekend. This is, I think, the third annual one, and I've been at every one of them so far. It is by far one of Mississippi's greatest, shiniest jewels. Um, if you have not had a chance to go to the state capitol and then some of the buildings surrounding it, 
But, like, for instance, Greg Isles will be there, Angie Thomas, Richard Ford, Linda Jackson, Ron Rash. Those are some of the big-name authors that are be coming in. And if you're like me, I love books, okay? We, we kind of talk about books on this show sometimes. I love having authors in because not only – I think the whole point of this show is bringing in people that have stories to tell. Right. And that's our story. Those are our storytellers. Those are the people that, you know, bring Mississippi and put it to on the life. national stage exactly. and then something we can really be proud of. Mm-hmm. And I, I did a cartoon last year. It was a little bit snarky, but I had it was the smartest thing that came out of the Capitol all year. So, but don't tell the legislature I said that because I'll cut my funding. Um, <laughs> but that said, it is really a great event. And I will be on a panel, which I'm looking forward to. It's called Things Like the Truth. And it's going to be several of us who are observers that kind of watch what's going on in the state and talk about it a little bit. And it'll be at 930. I will be in the Capitol building. I think it's room 116. Okay. And then there will be a book signing at 11 o'clock. So you can get one of my books signed by me. All right. So that'll be good. Yeah, the Mississippi Book Festivals. And, of course, you can check out their website. And I know you'll be doing a show on it Friday. We will. Uh, our whole show on Next Stop Mississippi will be dedicated to the uh, Mississippi Book Fest. So we're excited and we need to make sure we mention you on that panel and um, one of your books. What book I, will you be talking about? Um, well, I'll have all my books there. All your books. My children's book, Banjo's Dream, but Drawing the Lines, the latest book. And that's, of course, a collection of my editorial cartoons, which I've done for 20 years. Mm-hmm. So there's, I mean, not all 20 years worth. Gosh, it'd look like the phone book. <laughs> <laughs> but it uh, there's quite a I think it's 172. Speaking of numbers, I just realized it's 285 days until my son graduates from high school. Oh, my. And I've been looking at Facebook, and Facebook's kind of turned back into everybody putting first day of school pictures up there, which <laughs> yes. is kind of cool. Um, 285 days. He'll be graduating. And that's going to go by in 20, 285 seconds. It is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, yes, uh-huh, definitely. And, and Stacy's sitting there nodding right now going, mine too. Yeah, it's un- unbelievable. I'm way too young to have a high school senior. <laughs> You're too young. So, I, how are you preparing for that? Um, well, I, I'm not, for <laughs> me, I'm okay. I'm, my wife, we're thinking about Xanax, I think. <laughs> yeah, because I'm a little bit concerned on that. But I, she'll be okay. I think and that's the last one, right? He's uh, the last one? <laughs> No, it's the first one. It took me a long time to get a date, Michelle. No, no, no. Is this the la- is he the last child? No, he's the first one. Oh, he's the first. Yes. Okay, you're making. I'm, I'm feeling bad now. I don't know. I thought I the mean, one was in college already. No, I'm fifty, and I'm just like my. I've got a ten year old. Took me a while. You know how long it took to convince somebody to say yes to me. <laughs> I mean, I'm still, and she's still wondering why she did. Oh, Twenty four wow. years later, so. Oh, yeah, um, okay. Okay, that's another show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm glad that one didn't get on the air. Oh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, so Rita Lynx Brady is going to be on with yes, us in a half second, is. and we're going to have to watch her. She will be censored. <laughs> well, they, yes, that is that was that took about seven years. Thank you after the marriage. So if that makes you feel better, because it was seven years till we had our first kid. So oh, there you go. So, but it's good stuff. All right. Well, my, thank God my wife's teaching right now and not listening to this. Or, well, it'd be my last day of marriage. Oh I'm just my kidding. goodness! No, it'd be good. Uh, but anyway, yeah, this, the high school where he goes, they have a little sign out that puts the number. Every day, and you drive, and I work out there, so I drive by and I see that number, and I mean, it's just clicking off like mm, that. Mm-mm. It's torture. It really is. It's, it's slow, well, fast motion torture. But anyway, to all the parents out there that are posting the pictures, that's great. All right. Well, our guests today, guests, I do this with plural because every microphone is filled in the spacious MPB studio. 
We have Rita Links Brady. She's got a heck of a story to tell, and I can't wait till she tells it. And of course, Stacy Pajak and Monica Munger here from Catholic Charities. Uh, welcome and welcome all. And uh, microphone etiquette, I forgot to tell you, I just get it fairly close. And Rita, I'm not too worried about you because I think you've you, you've got this one down. Rita, <laughs> welcome. And your story is one that you know we're talking about kids. You put your child up for adoption 51 years ago. Yes. And that's when the story begins. Yes, but let's get one thing straight real quick. Yes. Okay. My maiden name was Likens. 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 Okay. Rita. See, it's spelled I L I N K S here on my piece of paper. Yeah. And then I'm screwing that up. So. Like R- Rita Likens, Likens Brady. Yeah. Okay. He was born in April of uh, 1966. Yeah. And uh, he should be 50. Well, he is 51 now. And I do not know his name. Right. And I do not know where he is. Wow. And as a birth mother, I have done all the, uh, I've done four DNA testings, mm-hmm. which I think is very valuable. But if he does not test or one of his children do not test, right. uh, the DNA is not going to find him. Talk about that process. of You said you've done four of them. Why four? Because at this particular time, I could afford to do that. Yeah. And I was not going to leave any... Um, avenue uncharted. Yeah. I mean, just why... What's the point of the DNA? Yeah, why's the point of doing four and what, and so forth? Because, I mean, I understand doing one, but why why four? Is it because there are barriers and silos where you... No. Um, Ancestry.com is the most well-known, but a lot of people now are seeing 23andMe mm-hmm. advertisements on TV, and um, I don't... <clears throat> I'm not real sure how the different DNA sites uh, work together, if at all. Right. And you're covering all your bases, basically. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, and it's tough. I know. Well. And your headphones are falling off too. So that's <coughs> that's tough, also. Well, it's just he was born in Louisiana. I requested that he be placed in Mississippi with a Catholic family. And I have been told that he was placed in Mississippi, but um, and I went through Catholic charities. I uh, before he was born, I was at St. Anne's Home for Unwed Mothers in Shreveport, Louisiana, and um, it's a little bit difficult. Well, it, both states, Louisiana and Mississippi, both are closed records states, but um, I don't know whether to look in Mississippi or look in Louisiana, but I have looked. I've done a lot of searching, and I just can't find him. And my thoughts are that he might not know he's adopted. He might know and not care. He might know who I am and where I'm at and not care. Or he might be deceased. But if he was deceased, he still should have come up somewhere in my searches. Right. But... I, I've found a lot of young men born on that day that are deceased, and it could be him because I don't know his name. Yeah. And I talked to John Kasich when he was running for president in person, and when he was governor, he was able to get the records in Ohio opened, and he told me personally that if he was elected, he would work on getting the records opened everywhere. Pennsylvania is getting ready to open theirs in about a month. New York is working on getting theirs open. In some states, like Alabama, theirs were never closed. And 
because of what has happened this past weekend, I was thinking there's a certain period of time in our history in America where things happened and, and ended, like women's right to vote. You know, the women fought for that right, and they accomplished it, and that period of time ended, that block of time. Um, like I was telling Monica, the there was a period of time when black children were not allowed to go to school with white children or white children go to school with black children. That block of time has ended. We're still today, and very obviously, seeing the repercussions of that. And the closed adoption records is a period of time. It has not been forever, and it's not now. But there's a period of time, I don't know the dates exactly, but early, like 1917 or so, up till now, the records have been closed and why was that why do you think that they closed the records initially i don't know i haven't gone into that part of the research but my opinion is and (laughs) you might not like this answer that's fine no um a lot of us a lot of our birth birth mothers believe and adopts adoptees as well that there might have been a well-known politician, politician's wife, a well-known or wealthy person's wife or daughter, or somebody of very high stature that did not want anybody to know that they had a child out of wedlock or before marriage or whatever. That's my opinion. Right. But in the beginning, they closed the records because they felt like only the people involved, or they they closed the records to the, only the people involved, like right. me. And then shortly after that, they closed the records to the public as well. And you mentioned that all men are created equal. Right. And we have the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And I think adoptees and adoptee mothers and siblings and all are not being treated equally. And they are not given the liberty to know where they came from. Talk a little bit, because you, you hear a lot of times about children looking for their birth parents. And, and we hear more about that sometimes than we do about parents looking the other direction. Is it easier if you were a child to look? For yes, it is, because number one, it's not illegal for them to look. That's, uh, that's very important. Yeah. And I know today, if my son walked into Catholic Charities office today and said, I want to find my mother, they would be contacting me before midnight telling me that because all the yeah. all the information is there yeah all he has to do is ask mm-hmm. right and goes through some counseling i've already been through the counseling but it's illegal for me to so look. if you go in there and do it it's against the law right. Yeah. right and they cannot you know break the law but i am over all the guilt all the shame all the hiding the truth cannot be changed right. the truth is the truth mm-hmm. And if they want to throw me in jail, go ahead. I've got a lot of people that are going to protest on my side. They'll probably come bail you out anyway. Yes, we would. Yeah. Well, <laughs> some of them have already promised they'd pick me up today, <laughs> bail me out. But So go ahead and say his birth date again because I really, you know, it'd be kind of neat if he, maybe he was listening right now. April the 2nd, 1966. And I think it's sort of ironic. He should have been born on April 1st. <laughs> <laughs> April Fool's Day. Well, you were you were were you a teenager at the time, right? Am I no, mad? I had already finished college, and, okay. and I 
should have been mature and older and know, but I had no education on sex. Right. No education on birth control. Uh, no education on self-esteem. Mm-hmm. And I was extremely naive. And when I found out I was pregnant, there were three options that I looked at. One was abortion, which was totally out of the question. I only believe in abortion if it's for health reasons for the mother. One was adoption, and one was to marry the guy. Right. Okay. The The father is deceased now, and he was a very nice young man, had a very good career already started. I liked him a lot, but I knew that I did not love him enough to marry him. And I don't remember a lot of what him and I talked about, but I feel like he knew that as as well. And he knew all about my pregnancy and the baby and everything. And he even talked to Catholic Charities himself. And so, I mean, he knew, and I think he knew not to push, uh, well, let's just get married. Right. And uh, I did get married eventually and have two children. Um, Like you said, the first one should have been the last one, but it wasn't. (laughs) 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 But, But all of my family, all of my friends, all of my neighbors know my story because the truth is the truth. Right. And when they ask me how many children I have, I say, well, I have three, but one of them I don't know. And then they'll say, well, why don't you know him? So that leads into my story. But, you know, it's I don't sit around every day boohooing and crying about it. But it's always there. Mm -hmm. And my friends say that it does affect the way I act. Right. You know, oh, sure. It's just... Well, there's a piece of your heart that's missing, and that's tough. Um, it, it took you a long time till you were able to start the search. Talk about the, the, the circumstances behind that. Well, I was married for 44 years. Um, he knew about everything, but he his feelings was he did not want me to look or search or even talk about it. So... I was not allowed to search. Mm-hmm. And after his death and everything calmed down a little bit, I thought, well, now I can do what I want to do and I'm going to start searching. When you started searching, where did you start? I mean, you're sitting there on you know, ground zero. It's like, where do I go from here? Where, where, did, you, you, where did you begin? Um, well, I went online and... Um, there's a lot of adoption websites for different people involved, birth fathers, birth mothers, the adoptee, yeah. adoptees, siblings. And um, one of them, uh, a lot of them have search angels that will help you for free. Right. And so they, you know, got all my information and um, I filled out a lot of forms and they you know, were looking where they knew to look. And I had to do this in Louisiana and Mississippi both. Right. And uh, I filled out all the registers. Like there's national registers, worldwide registers, Mississippi registers. 
Louisiana registers that, you know, if you go online and you say, okay, well, let's see who was born on April the 2nd, 1966, his name will be there. Well, his name that I gave him. Right. Which is Joseph. Joseph. And um, I did that because I think Joseph is a very important person in the Bible. Joseph is also the patron saint of finding lost things. I didn't realize that at the time, but um, I have a list. I went through a private investigator about two or three months ago, and their philosophy was no fine, no fee. And after about two months, they called me back, and they said, we can't find him. Oh, wow. So I didn't have to pay them anything, but they did send me a list that they could get. The the public's not privy to it, and I don't want to say where they got it. It might be illegal. I don't know. But there were only 400 names on that list. And if you eliminate all the females, which is hard because some males are named Tracy as well as females, but I've gone through that list and gone through... All the other websites that help you find addresses, phone numbers, birthdays, name of people. And a lot of the phone numbers are not current or not accurate. Right. If it is a current phone number, it might be by somebody else, not even the same person that was listed. And uh, I... We'll continue this conversation. We're talking, of course, with Rita Brady, and we'll continue with her story. Plus, we'll welcome Adoption Director Stacy Pajak and Adoption Specialist Monica Munger with Catholic Charities to speak about resources that are available when trying to locate a child. If you have a question or comment on today's topic, give us a call at that's at 877-672-7464. That's 877-MPB-RING. Or you can email me at marshall at mpbonline.org. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. Podcasts of your favorite MPB Think Radio programs are available now. With any podcast app, you can search, subscribe, and never miss a second of MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. We have one of the strongest guests that we've had on. I probably can think in the two years I've done this radio show. We're talking with the amazing Rita Brady, and she's she's looking for a son that she put up for adoption 51 years ago and she was just showing me her notebook of all the names and all the the, the people that she's reached out to and it's amazing how how hard her journey's been and we'll talk with her a little bit more about her story and also too we're going to have join in the show welcome we have stacy pajak and monica munger with catholic charities joining us i don't know about y'all but this is um i just admire her for her strength and her will and her strength yeah Definitely. Absolutely. Um, does Rita's story sound familiar? Do you all come across this sort of story pretty often? 
Yes, we do get calls from birth mothers who want to find their birth child, but we have to explain to them that it's, it's against legal the law. Yeah. for the birth uh, adoptee to search, but not the uh, parents. Right. So we have the parent do is to go ahead and sign an affidavit if it was done through us, giving us permission to disclose their identifying information when their child calls in. Yeah. And that way we won't have to do a search. We can immediately call her as she stated. If he, if we leave here today and he calls us, all I have to do is look on file and see if she has that affidavit and I can call her. Wow. Wow. Exactly. I hope he's listening right now. Mm-hmm. I really do. That would be great. Y'all, as she mentioned counseling, and talk about that process a little bit. Okay, if an adoptee calls in and says, I would like to pursue a birth search, they have to get one session with a counselor processing their curiosity, why they want to pursue a search, uh, any possible outcomes, a death, rejection, a reunion, illness, anything that could possibly come up during that search. That's the reason for that one counseling session that they have to get. You help them mentally and spiritually to get yes, ready for whatever outcome. to make sure they're emotionally outcome. prepared for yeah. whatever outcome. Exactly, on that. Because even if it's a reunion, it's very overwhelming. They're thinking, this is what I want. But we have so many who call in, and once we say, I found them, it may be another two weeks before they call back because they have to emotionally prepare themselves for what's next. Michelle was telling me a little bit, before, telling y'all before the show that, you know, she knew that Rita was going to be on, but she also wanted to get y'all on, but she didn't know that you had already connected. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And t- talk a little bit. I mean, what do you say to a parent when they come to your office wanting to locate a child? I mean, obviously you say you can't do it, but that's that's got to be tough. I mean, we just kind of take the positive side of if you go ahead on and fill out your affidavit, kind of talk to them about their story, prepare them. If I do, if the child does call in, prepare them for what's to come because they may want to do that search, but they have all this anxiety about it could happen. It could possibly not happen. So kind of just prepping them through that stage of it, uh, talking to them about the outcomes that could happen. Rita, um, how many years now have you been looking? Five. Five. So you've been looking for five. And you were showing me the notebook. And, you know, you said the private investigator gave you 400 names. Right. And and the, and the question is, and of course, you have to weed out, you know, the the women versus the males. Obviously, you know what you're looking for. You're looking for a, a, a man. But some of those addresses aren't correct. Some of the phone numbers. So, I mean, what's some of the reaction when you get in touch with somebody saying, I mean, that's that's your hopes get up every time you pick up the telephone, don't they? Well, so many of the uh, phone numbers are incorrect yeah. or outdated, and um, I've talked to uh, relatives of the young man I'm looking uh, that I've that's on my list, and some of them get angry that I even called. Some think I'm a scam, yeah, and some think, oh no, 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 I, I, like a brother told me. I saw him the first day he came home, and and one young man that I did talk to, he said, no, I saw my birth certificate, but that's a falsified birth certificate if he's adopted. Yeah. Because his name has been changed. The parent, the adopted parents have the right to change his um, place of birth. Right. If they choose to. Uh, They can even change his social security number. But um, I have worked with Catholic Charities. I talked to... Uh, the person that was here before Monica, and uh, she was very polite, very professional, and very helpful as far as she could. Right. But um, talking to young men of that age that were born on that day, they they're very polite. A lot of them are very polite. In fact, a few of them are friends on my Facebook now because <laughs> they feel bad that it wasn't them. <laughs> but, it's like, she's cool. I wish you were yeah. my mom. Well, yeah, and exactly. I, I you can adopt me. I'll, I'll take you in. 
Okay, but you can't bring your children. Oh, don't worry, you're not going to pay for the college. I got that one. You're good. You like them, though. They're pretty cool. Well, yeah, I've heard that. Parents say that, too. But, no, I if I were to call... Trust me, if they weren't cool, I'd let you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be the first to admit it. Going, me, kids? No. No. <laughs> Well, I have a 14-year-old granddaughter, and she's absolutely fab- fabulous, but she's got a 14-year-old attitude. <laughs> yes, I have a 14-year-old son. I know what you're talking 15, about. 15. I'm sorry, 15. Okay. But uh, one young man that I talked to that I was pretty sure was him because his Facebook page look, uh, photo looked pretty good. Yeah. And um, his the name was wrong. The name that I had and the date and everything, it was not his name. Really? Yeah. yeah, and so and there's a website where you can go by date of birth, and I actually talked to people at that website that run the website, and it's not accurate. I mean, they can't just update stuff every single day, mm-hmm. and a lot of their information comes from public records. And uh, like I was telling Stacy, if if somebody went through this report and bought gas on April the second, nineteen sixty six. Their name might show up on my list. You're kidding me. Wow. As having been born there. Yeah. Why they do that, I don't know. Right. Because one young man said, oh, I was born in Jacksonville, Florida. You know, so I get very discouraged and I put it aside. I don't sit around boohooing about this. Right. I've, I've got other things to do. In fact, I'll tell you something funny. <laughs> I'm going to brag. Um, I was going to go to another private investigator and I talked to them, and I decided it was going to be too expensive, and they were a little bit arrogant, and I didn't like the way they talked to me. So I thought, well, I don't think I'm going to do that. I think I'm going to take my money and do something fun. <laughs> so I'm going to Cuba in October for nine days. Fantastic. Awesome. What are you going to do in Cuba? Oh, I'm going to dance and sing and <laughs> drink rum and yes. smoke cigars and <laughs> eat food and... You sure you don't need somebody to carry your baggage for you? Because it sounds like you're in a blast. You're welcome to come. Uh, I don't normally hit on the guest, I promise you. But but he can't (laughs) resist. I know. I know. That sounds like so much fun on that. But, I mean... But you, are you just going? You're just going to continue to look until you can't look anymore. I'm going to continue to look until I decide I can't do anymore. Right. And I'm real close to that point. Yeah. Uh, I was real close to that point before Michelle called me, and then it was like, oh, okay, well, we can do that. But, you know, what do I do? Go to the radio, uh, go to other radio stations, go to the TV right. stations, go to newspapers? I mean, eventually I've got to spend my time and my money and my physical energy and my emotional energy on today. Right. And what I'm going to do tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And... um if I had the energy, I'd be out there adopting a whole bunch of people. I don't care how, how old they were or whatever. I'd just take them all in. If you know, if I had time and space, I'd be adopting all the little stray animals. And, you know, I just, um, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I, I was going to ask, and I know, like I said, this is, this is a tough situation for you all because the law is, is the law and the you law have to is. follow it. You know, she, it sounds like she's pretty much covering every base that she possibly could cover i mean she has and that's something that i wanted to add is that one of the um when when we when a child's placed with us yes. catholic charities we offer lifetime support to the birth mother yeah so it's a double-edged sword because of the law right so we support the birth mother 
However, the law states that we cannot share the sealed information. The very one thing that she might. The one thing that yeah. she needs. Yeah. So it's very, it's, it really is difficult. Monica does all our birth searches at, um, through our Catholic Charities Adoption. Um, but it's hard when we see birth mothers that we cannot link them or give them that information. Yeah. And we know it. We have it. We have the information that's sealed in records. And, it, and it's difficult because we're put in a situation where we have to protect, we have to follow the law, first of all, but we have to protect all parties. Right. And so that, that's the difficult. And then when you see someone like Miss Rita, who is the kindest, most spirited, sweetest woman, and you want to just help her. You know, yeah. to be able to take some of this pain from her and give her some closure, um, it's difficult. But we are here for her, and um, I took over, um, Monica and I took over adoption just this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just meeting Miss Rita today for the first time, and she's just a true pleasure, and I'm going to be honored to work with her in any way that I can. Um, I feel like she's losing hope. Right. You know, as as the clock's ticking in her mind. Um, And I also want to say on, I want to just say how much I admire Miss Rita for the choice that she did. That had to be the most difficult decision of her whole entire life. And no one probably really knows exactly every, the courage and how much it takes, how brave a woman has to be to to sign over her child. And I admire that so much in you, Miss Rita. And um, we're here for you. Anything we can do, I mean, whatever we can do, we're going to do. Michelle and I were talking about it when we wanted to get her on the show. And like I said, you know, obviously the law is the law, but we wanted to figure out a way, okay, how can we get her voice out there? That's right. Because it's not only her voice. There are a lot of moms that are probably sitting there right now going, nodding their head going, wow, I I wish. It's a difficult situation because you have, you have the, the law was set up to protect the child. Right. To protect the child. That's the reason why the law, you know, was originally set up. But once so so the law states now that when the child turns eighteen years of age, mm-hmm. the child themselves can call right and they can get non identifying information at yeah. eighteen. Non identifying, you know, uh medical history. medical right. how old she was at birth or gotcha. state relative they were born stuff. In, how mm-hmm. many siblings and right uh, aunts and uncles. But nothing that identifies like she went to Jackson State University. We can't right. give her that because that's a lead. Right. Uh, so just she was in college, she worked for business, those type of things. Right. Health related issues. And then at twenty one years of age, the um the child can the adopted child can request identifying information right now how that works is that then monica would send the the um child would get the information from the child and would search for the parent the birth parent the birth parent would be would be contacted and we've been very successful in children who have called and matching them back to their birth parent an affidavit signed and, not- and notarized, either given us permission to release or prohibiting us to release. If we are able to release, then that's when that counseling session comes in. Just to, and they could be anywhere in the country and get the counseling. We just need a record. It's the law. Right. They have to have one counseling session. I don't know. One is just to assess. Yes. And if they need further counseling as a therapist, you would say, 
you, you're not ready. Let's work through this. Let's get you, you know, let's work through these issues. Um, but the original counseling session that's required by law is just an assessment. Right. Okay. Of their, of their stability. Mm-hmm. Um, because like Monica was saying, it is, it's, it's, um, it's, it's traumatic. It's trauma. It's, right. it's, it's difficult. Um, so anyway, so that's the law. So, but the birth parent themselves, and this is what Miss Rita, I think I'm feeling a lot of Miss Rita's frustration in agony, almost, I'm going to say agony, is that we can't tell her what's in those papers. We can't tell her where he is, who adopted him. I mean, you've got the answer and you can't do it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. The child can call, the son who's now 51, but he can call and he, we could get right. it to him. And then, boom, she gets the phone call. She gets the phone if call. If she allows yeah. us to. She still has, oh, sure. They still have power. They still have right. the power to protect themselves. Because we've had some birth parents that Recently. have said, they said, no, thank no, you. No, thank you. Yeah. And then we have the child. Well, they're now a grown adult. They're, and we're looking at them, and their little hearts are. It's, just, it's all around. It's a beautiful thing. Adoption is wonderful. It's given life. But it's also difficult because of the hearts. That yes. are, there's many hearts involved. Many hearts and many souls. We're going to continue this conversation because, it's, honestly, it is um, one of the most powerful we've ever had on this show. If you have a question or comment, you can give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. And our question is, of the day is this, what are you searching for? Give us a call. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. Podcasts of your favorite MPB Think Radio programs are available now. With any podcast app, you can search, subscribe, and never miss a second of MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. Our guest today, Ms. Rita Brady, and she's a mother who gave up her child 51 years ago. And she has been working really hard for the last five years and hit a lot of dead ends to find her son. And we've got Monica Munger and Stacey Pajak from Catholic Charities talking a little bit about their involvement and their role and what they can and can't do. But we've really had a good discussion so far on not only the parent looking for their child, but the child looking for the parent. And you know, we went through that a few years ago with my brother-in-law because he started having some neurological problems, and he, he was adopted, and his sister was adopted. They were actually adopted to the same family, but they were half-brothers and sisters. And so his sister started having some problems, too, so they started looking, trying to find the parent. Well, it turned out he had ALS, and he's since passed. But it was um, very important for him to know who his parents were so he could find out. And I was just saying just a second ago when we were off the air, I would want to know personally. I mean, I'm almost as, the same age as her son. Mm-hmm. And I would want to know who my mom is. It's not like I'm, you know, like y'all said, y'all had a very good point about that, about the age. It's, yeah, We do believe it should be a cutoff age because right. we do receive some calls from people who, most adoptees are over the age of 35. They feel like they have accepted what has happened. They have dealt with it and they're ready to uh, open that chapter into like, that right. chapter of their life and deal with it. And we feel like they should have that right. It should not be that the birth mother has to search for me. I mean, I have to search for my birth mother in order for her to... Uh, give me the information that I need. And what we're looking at now... Go ahead. Um, with the adoptees that call in that are over the age of 35, we feel like... Well, I'll just say this. I'll take that. Let me go back. When they call in, they are ready to do this search. 
and they run into a lot of roadblocks just like you do. So they are at that point and they give up. So who's to say he hasn't started his search? Because some of them don't know they were adopted through certain ages. Their parents don't tell them. They just say, well, yeah. you're adopted. So he may be actually crossing his T's and doing the same thing, trying to find his mother, but he's doing the same thing. I've had some who've called in and black like, well, this is the fifth place I have called. Mm. And they have tried and tried yeah. and tried and they don't get anything. And then once we talk to them and find out where they were, ask them a question, we can send them on the right path and hopefully we can do the same for Miss Bray. So if he, if he is listening, if you're listening right now mm-hmm. and you're adopted and you were born on that day, April 2nd, 1966, and you were wondering who your mom is, um, call Catholic Charities today. Mm-hmm. That would be Yes, the best call thing Catholic do. Charities. Um, you can call us at 601-941-2814. That's my cell. And we do confidential texts, too. If, yeah. You know, same number, 601-941-2814. Um, also, we'd like to add that um, a lot of the, even Monica is, does the birth searches, but yeah. sometimes I'll get them if she's on overload or, or so forth. And, and in my experience, my little research is that most of the birth of the, the adopted children that call, the first thing that they want to tell they have a need for me to know or whomever they're speaking to, yeah. that they had a great life and they are thankful that their mother, their birth mother put them up for adoption. Right. And they love their adopted parents and it has nothing to do with the love for their adopted parents. Right. They tell me, like, it's they have this need to say it and then, then we can move forward. Okay, oh. so, yeah, then we yeah. can move forward. Okay, it's okay, you can love Every, we yeah. can love more than two people. You can. <laughs> yeah. We have an instance now that kind of what she says. She didn't do her search until her hu- um, her husband passed away, so she respected his decision. Yeah. I'm actually working with an adoptee now who's wanting to search for his parents, but he doesn't want to hurt his adoptive parents' feelings. Right. So he's kind of doing this on the table, so I can't really do much because he's only giving me so much. Yeah. So he's trying to respect their decision. So we, there's a lot of situations that come up to where we can only do so much for them because they're only giving us so much because they're looking at the other people's feelings that's involved. Monica and Stacy, I, I don't want to sound rude, but adoption is not all positive, and it is not all that it's cracked up to be mm-hmm. for a lot of people. You can go online on these adoption sites and find out that children were abused, mm-hmm. um, actually thrown out of their home, uh, treated so differently from their biological children. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of really bad adoption adoptive stories and sandy mercer has written some books that is very worth reading and one is to prison with love Mm -hmm. she went to prison for helping people find their children and another one which i think would be my title i would have searched forever and she wrote letters all the time for eight years to president obama and her book my last letter to president obama explains adoption and everything and what she is doing is begging him all he had, all a president would have to do is sign an executive order and all those records could be open to everybody and there would be exceptions like if a mother or an adoptee said no i don't want right. anybody to find me that would be honored mm-hmm. But those three books by Sandy Mercer, and she's been very helpful to me. Miss Reed, I completely understand what you're saying. We've got a caller. We've got Jane from Yazoo City. Hello, Jane. Hi. Well, I definitely have kind of an opposite experience. I'm an adoptee, uh, adopted at birth, and coincidentally, I did just turn 35 this year. I have, I, I'm sometimes forget, I forget I'm adopted because, you know, I'm, I never experienced any negativity. There was never any secrecy around surrounding my adoption uh, in regards to, you know, saying that I wasn't was not adopted. I don't know who my birth parents are and never really searched 
actively for it. I don't know if it was just I was content with it. I kind of always, in the back of my mind, figured that being born, you know, fully, you know, 40 weeks, healthy, no problems, no medical problems, no drugs or anything, I was probably born to someone who cared for me, you know, because I was, you know, quote unquote normal. And that Mm -hmm. whomever it is, you know, cared enough for me to go the extra mile to find to make sure that I was safe. And I think after I had a child, I really understood, you know, the gravity of how much how much it takes to be a parent. You know, there's obviously millions of people, which means there's millions and billions of parents, but in order to carry a child and subsequently you know, care for a child, it takes so much. Yes, it, it does. And when you don't have resources, because I myself had a child in, in college. Thankfully, I had, you know, great parents on both sides, um, with my husband's side and myself, but just the enormity of uh, another little person looking to you and you are the only person on earth who's there to take care of them, adoption is a gift. Beautiful, Jane. And thank you for sharing your story yeah. with us, Jane. Thank you. And I want to thank Rita Brady for sharing her story, too. Like I said, if you're born April 2nd, 1966, you're 51 years old and you were adopted, call Catholic Charities today. And thank you. I want to thank um, Monica Munger and Stacey Pajak for being on as well. And I want to thank, of course, Michelle for producing. We will be back next week. This is Now You're Talking. Coming up next is Southern Remedy. Y'all have an awesome week. Thank you. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.